This is going to be part 5 of the series, The Servant. Please turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. First, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read this, but there are some points I'm going to point out. Alright, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'll start from verse 12. And the scripture says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Verse 15. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the air should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now, God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. Now let's go to verse 20. But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body would seem to be weaker and necessary. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having even greater honor to that part which lacks it. That there should be no schism or division in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And the last verse, 26. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now, I'm not going to talk about everything here. I'm just going to make some points about these scriptures. Very important. Especially in the times we are living. The body of Christ, as I said, the called out ones, has many members. We are members of His body. Because before I said, we are in Him. We are all in Him. And we are members. We make up His body. And His body is one. Even though there are many members, we are all one. We are baptized into his body by the Holy Spirit. The same, every one of us who calls Jesus Lord, we are all in him by the same Holy Spirit. We all got there the same way. There's no special way. They all, everyone are in the body 
because they receive Christ and that holy, the Holy Spirit, He translated us from darkness into the, into light, into the kingdom of Christ. So we are joined with Christ by the Holy Spirit. There is no distinction. It says here, Jews or non-Jews, they talk about Greeks, but it refers to non-Jews. Slaves or free. We have all received the same spirit. We all are in Christ the same way. We are all part of the body of Christ by the same spirit, no matter who we are. There was no special dispensation given to anyone. No preferential treatment. We all are in Christ the same way by the same Holy Spirit. Not ethnicity, nationality, race, socioeconomic status, etc. is irrelevant. You've heard me say this before and I'm going to keep saying it. It is irrelevant. We are all members of Christ and are joined to Him by the same Spirit. We are also joined to each other by the same Spirit. It talks about us being in Christ. We are one with Him. He's in us. But we are also joined to one another because we are of the same Spirit. What do you think when you take communion? The, 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 the wafer, whatever it is, you take as the, as the body, the, the bread, and the, and the wine, or, or the grape juice, whatever you drink. The body, when we take that, we symbolize Christ in us. And we symbolize we are in Him. But each one of us is partaking of these elements. Why? Because it identifies us with Christ. We are in Him. And He's in us. But we are also one with each other. We can't, you can't forget that. You've got to understand that. We are all joined to each other by the same Spirit. There can be no separation. We are all one in Christ. And we must never forget this. Never forget it. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what people are saying. You can ne- don't ever forget. You are part of a body. And the only thing that qualifies someone for being in that body is the Holy Spirit. That's it. The ethnicity, socioeconomic background, none of that matters. None of it matters. So now, there are those who call on the name of Jesus. You know, Rachel and I were having this conversation. Actually, she was talking, I was listening. And she, and she was telling me about some of the things that she, she, she was hearing. And we were talking about this. And there are those who call on the name of Jesus. And claim they love him and stand for him. But have taken a stand with those who go against this understanding of the body of Christ. They believe that one race is superior to another. And they will use terrorism, they will use fear tactics, or any tactics to further their cause. But they stand there holding signs about Jesus and, and 
proclaiming the name of Jesus. They align with this type of power to achieve their agenda. They are lost and do not understand what it means to be a servant in the kingdom of God. They do not understand what it means to be a member of the body of Christ. The scriptures does tell me there, there is no Jew, there is no Greek. There is no free, there is no slave. There is no separation, there is no distinction. When we go, go to um, the verse here, verse 25, it says there, there is no schism, there is no division in the body. So they are lost. They are lost. And people wonder why, why Jesus, what was written, he said, not everyone who come to me and say, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God, but he who does the will of the, of my Father in heaven. What is the will of the Father? It's just, it says here, we are one in the body. We are one in Christ. We are members one of another. And when you separate people and you quarterize people and tell people that they don't qualify and you are superior to them, you are not in the will of God. We are, you're not in the will of God. And you know, this might sound simple, but there are many in the, in the, in the, who call themselves Christians who, who, who are bought into this thing. They're bought into white nationalism. They're bought into this racism. They're bought into this stuff. They're blind, deceived. And, you know, when they wonder why Jesus will say, I never knew you. It's very important that we understand what the will of God is for our lives as we live on this earth. When Jesus said, pray in this like manner, this thing just resonated with me. Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When Jesus came, he came to do the Father's will on earth. He came to make sure that what the Father desired to accomplish on earth was done. It's no different for us who are in the body. We are here to glorify God. While we are walking in this body, we are here to do God's will. To make sure his will is done on earth as it is in heaven. What is God's will? That we love one another. That's God's will. God's will is that we preach the gospel. God's will is that we walk with him. And allow him to reveal his glory on this earth. That's God's will for our lives. If you're not sure about what God's will, I've just told you a few things. God's will is... Heaven, people say, oh, God's will is for us to go to heaven. Yes, heaven is a, is a result. But while we are on earth, we have to, there's a walk we have to walk. Why do you think we have to walk by faith? So God can, we can grow and God can glorify himself through our lives. We're not just here to exist and take up space. We're here so God can achieve and do his will on this earth. So, these people who align with this agenda, this racist agenda, this white nationalism, nationalism, but it's not only white, they're blacks, and they're different, different people of different ethnicities. Everyone is holding on to their own, and they call it their own. But in, in the body of Christ, there is no, there is no own. There is no own. Black, white, Asian, 
India, it doesn't matter. We are all one in Christ. We are not, we are not separated by ethnicity. We are one because we are one spirit. We have drunk. We are birthed into this family of God, into this body of Christ by that Holy Spirit, that same Holy Spirit. We forget that we are not, we are flesh and blood, but that's not who we are. That's our, of the, our earth suit allowing us to walk this earth in time and space. But we gotta put that off. And what's left is spirit. Spirit has no ethnicity. Spirit has no race. So we, we gotta see through the lens of God and get beyond all this frivolous stuff that's happening on earth. These stands that people take, we gotta get beyond that stuff. You know, this might sound redundant, but it's amazing how many believers are caught up in this stuff. Please turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Listen, I'm not the only one saying this stuff. There are other people around the globe who are saying the same thing. So I know what the Spirit of God is speaking not only to me, He's speaking to others. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14. Okay, let's start from verse 14 to 18. Listen what Paul says here. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Oh my God. Listen to that. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. A servant of God, a servant of Christ, does not yoke themselves with unbelievers. Do not get caught up with being loyal to an ethnic group. Or they said, our own people, your own kind. Don't get caught up in that. Our battle is spiritual, not natural. Let me give you an example. You know, you all can have, you all have an example, but let me give you a recent example of what I'm saying here. Not to get caught up in the ethnic stuff or your own people stuff. That five cops who are now charged with second degree murder of the young man in Memphis. All involved were black. The five cops and the, the young man who died. They are all black. With the struggles of black people in this country and the events of black men killed by police. One would ask why did these black cops treat this young black man in this manner? Why? After all that's happening, all that's happened, why would they treat this young man the way they treated him? Why? They are of the same ethnicity. 
They all faced the same challenges in this country because of their race. Yet they had no mercy on their own. How can this be? How can this be? People are looking at this from the natural and will never get a satisfactory answer. They say the cops need more training, etc. and so forth. Yes, that might be true. However, we are not dealing with flesh and blood. The powers of darkness do not care about ethnicity or oneness. But to kill, to steal and destroy. They, are, they will... They will and are using any means to cause strife, division and misery. A servant of God understands that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. This is spiritual warfare. This does, what happened doesn't, in the natural doesn't make sense when you're talking about your own. There's Black Lives Matter, all these things, but five black cops. It wasn't two, you know, four white cops and one. Five black cops beat this young man at the point where he eventually died. That's their own, but they kill him. We are wrestling not against flesh and blood. There is a spirit behind this. Do you understand what I'm saying here? This is spiritual warfare. If you are a true servant of Christ, you will not align yourself with darkness or lawlessness. This is what happens when you, are, when you are blind. And this is what sin does. Sin would use any, anyone, white, black, Asian, anyone, to attack and cause death, destruction, misery, and division. It's the human beings who get and call their own and get themselves in these little pockets. But Satan doesn't care about that. You are falling into his trap. And he sets things up where people fight against each other. So verse 17. I don't want to belabor that. But I just wanted to point that out. Verse 17. It says. Come out from them. <clears throat> Be separate. Says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean. And I will receive you. Come out from them. Don't align yourself with any lawless people, any lawless organization, any unrighteous organization or act. Don't, I don't care if it's political. I don't care if it's, I don't care what it is. Do not align yourself. Your loyalty is to God. Your loyalty is to Christ. That's it. Everything else takes a back seat. So, a true servant will not commune with darkness or lawlessness. Because that person understands that the Lord is their father and they want to please him. You see what it says here in verse 18. I will be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Come out from among them. Do not touch the unclean thing. And I will be your father. That's what he says there. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So a servant, let's pick up from verse 15. A servant understands that they are part of a whole and have a specific function as others do. We are members. 
That person knows that they and others in the body are needed to benefit the whole. We don't take each other for granted. Each person in the body knows that they're needed to benefit the whole. But we also know the other person is needed. We don't just take others lightly. We don't just throw people or, or cast people aside like they're nothing. We treasure each other in the body because we know each is precious and valuable to the whole. A servant does not marginalize other members in the body but encourage them to fulfill their function and purpose in the body. They understand that each member is honored in the body so that there is no division. Do you hear what Paul said there? What Paul said. But the members that lack, they are bestowed more honor. So that there's no division in the body. <laughs> and it says that we ought to treat each other in the same way. Because each member is valuable. A servant promotes oneness. And encourages each member to care for each other with the same fervor. We don't treat one member better than another. We treat each the same way. There is no preferential treatment in the body between the members. A servant understands that if one member suffers, the whole suffers. <laughs> you understand? If one suffers, the whole suffers. And if you understand that, the way you conduct your life, you will conduct it in an orderly manner. I'm not saying we won't sin, but I'm saying consciously we will think about doing things because we are concerned about how it will affect the other members of the body. We understand that if one member suffers, the whole suffers. And encourages the relief of the suffering of that member because the whole benefits. When people's sin is exposed, for example, especially like leadership in the church. Everyone who calls themselves a Christian suffers. Do you understand that? When a leader or somebody prominent in the body falls or is caught up in some mess, they're not the only one who suffers. The membership of the of their church suffer. Everyone who calls themselves a Christian suffers. Because we are all labeled Christians. Everybody suffered. You know, when they say, oh, when, you know, we see a lot of, you know, leaders and pastors how they're living these lavish lifestyle offer the contributions of their members. And the people in the world and other believers say, they're only after your money. They're not the only one who suffer. Everyone suffers. Everyone who comes to preach. You don't think people don't think I'm in this for because I want people's money? I don't want people's money. I don't ask people for money. And you'll never have me asking anyone for money. This is God's work. And I know the reason why I give. I give because there's a scriptural principle. Sowing and reaping. I can't reap what I don't sow. So if I sow love, I get love. If I sow money, I reap. Because God, that's a spiritual principle. And the heart in which I do things. But you'll never hear me begging for anything. Never. Because I'm not in this for money. Do you understand what I'm saying here? But people sin. When people sin are exposed, everyone else is labeled. Likewise, when a believer does what is right, 
It reflects on all believers. People tend to mostly remember the negative. That's human nature. We remember the bad things. We remember that. We don't forget those. But it's very hard for us to remember when people do good things. Why do, why do we think many believers are now not allowing themselves to be labeled or affiliated with certain groups? They're charismatic Christians. They're conservative Christians. They're this type of Christian. There's that type of Christian. Many, many believers now refuse to be labeled. Why? Because of all the drama with one, affiliated with one group or another. So say, I don't want, don't call me a conservative Christian. Don't call me a charismatic Christian. Why? Because of what these groups have been, what has been exposed. The sin that has been exposed. People don't want to be labeled. But guess what? Even though you don't want to be defined by what these others do, we are all in Christ. And we cannot separate ourselves. So guess what? When persecution comes because of Christ, no one will care what group you are affiliated with. That's why we must pray for one another. When we see this type of behavior in the different whatever groups of people who are Christians, who we know will say they love God, but they have erred, we've got to pray for them. Then, if one member is honored, all members rejoice because it benefits the whole. Do you know that? When one member is honored, when believers do what's right in the eyes of God and the eyes of people, it blesses God. But then it gives people a renewed hope that you know what? You know, not all Christians are what I thought they were. You are different. What is it about you? Why are you different? And you see, you, you share your heart. Why do you think many people are closed to the gospel? Because of what they've seen and what they've heard. They're closed. But then there are those who will open up to those, to those who are actually walking this life of faith. Who they see and they, they've, they've interacted with on a daily basis or often and they see a consistency in their behavior and in their language. That this person is generally, genuinely who they say they are. That they're not fake. They're genuine. And this is where God is glorified. And then people, when people can, they feel that you're genuine. Then people feel safe around you. That they can open up and talk to you. And share their heart. And then they can receive what you have to say. They can receive the words of God from your heart and from your lips. Because why? Because they know the vessel that it's coming for from is clean. That doesn't have an ulterior motive. It's not trying to get something from them or trying to trick them. Why do you think the publicans and sinners sat with Jesus? Because Jesus was genuine. They knew he wasn't there to get anything from them. They knew that. That's why they were willing to listen and hear him. And he could share the word. And they can receive it and be saved. Brethren, remember. When you lose the trust of people, it's very, very hard to get it back. Very hard. You can build a lifetime 
of character and integrity and trust with people, but you break that once, it's very hard to get it back. Very difficult. Amen. And that's why we have to be very careful on how we walk. And we, we just can't think it's just us. No. Everyone else is, is affected. Everyone else in the body is affected by how we behave. So, in closing, a servant understands that each member of the body is valuable and must serve the body to benefit the whole. Do you know when people, new people come into a, into a gathering of believers, they observe how we treat each other? They observe how we treat them? You may not think so, but people watch, people observe. People already come there with, with, with a skeptical heart. And they're looking for any excuse not to return. But how we behave with each other, how we treat them, is critical. And that can only happen when you have the heart of a servant and you understand your function, your purpose in the body. We got to know that each one is valuable. Each member of the body is valuable. And serve the body. We have to serve the body to benefit the whole. This is not about self-serve. About I'm, I'm serving, I'm serving to, to, for myself. No. You're serving to benefit the whole. And you're promoting, and you're supposed to promote oneness. That oneness is to benefit all. Go back to John 17 again. How would the world know that the, that the Father sent Jesus, Jesus? By the way we love one another, that could only become through, come through oneness. And it could only happen when we understand the heart and what it is to be a servant. A true servant. That's the only way it's going to happen. Alright? Alright, so I'm going to stop there. And I really hope that this message has been a blessing to you.